The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome to Dialogue number 26, The Marine and the Hippie. I am Dylan. I am the Hippie coming at you from Turkey. Hope the sound is a little bit better today. I've been working hard to make my microphone work better for you, the listener. Today's dialogue and topic will be, is it ethical for us to control others? And this is a big topic that is very relevant today. It's been very relevant for about two years when it comes to COVID with the use of masks, now as the use of um, vaccines, and also um, the current state of Texas and Roe versus Wade and the abortion laws. Doc will start us off with a little mini lesson on actually ethics. Doc? All right. When we were talking before the show, uh, one of the things that sort of generated the the thought for the show is uh, this notion of relative versus absolute ethics. And it's important to remember, first of all, that these are various perspectives. There's not one that's correct specifically, uh, not one that's absolutely correct per se. Uh, just because I believe one doesn't mean that, that you can't believe the other or there can't be some gradation and variation between these two where it's more like a spectrum. So you fall more or less uh, as absolute or, or relative in ethics. Absolute ethics means that there is a one rule that has to be followed for all time, one rule for everybody. So therefore, if murder or slavery, for example, is immoral or unethical now for me, that means that it's immoral and unethical for you and for everyone you know and for everyone who's ever been. If I say that it's immoral to own a slave or immoral to murder somebody now that it is therefore also immoral to murder someone even in a war situation or to own a slave even in ancient Greece. So that's what an absolute ethical perspective is. A relative ethical perspective, on the other hand, is my morals and ethics are relative to my situation or my current time. So, for example, I can judge my current society because if we own slaves now, we're deemed wicked or evil. But I can't make that same rule about people who lived in 1830 in, say, Charleston, South Carolina, because they had a different set of rules about owning people and about the humanity of slaves, whether or not even a slave is a human being. Uh, and so it's impossible for me to make a moral statement or a judgment based on my current ethical situation about people from a different place or a different time. And uh, like I was mentioning before, it's sort of a spectrum or it's sort of a, a sliding scale between those two. Nobody's 100% moral absolutist. Nobody's 100% moral relativist. Uh, we're always somewhere between that. But you know where you come down on that spectrum tends to determine how you answer the question, uh, was it immoral for someone in Georgia or whatever in the 1830s to own slaves? So that brings us to, to I guess, one, the first topic that we'll look at. Um, and, and Doc, before the, the show, actually introduced me to a new word called manumit. Um, and we really discussed through slavery to say, yeah, Slavery always has been and always will be kind of an evil and man doing evil to others. Now, when we make a turn and we go take a look at the lens of Texas, I'm going to give a little story of, of what, of, of some of an article that I read. A younger woman, about 16, was pregnant and her friend, mentor, teacher, an adult in her life convinced this 16 year old to have a baby. Instead of 
getting an abortion. I'm not making any judgment on abortion yet. The girl had the baby. Healthy baby, healthy pregnancy, moving on with their day. And then the Department of Social Services came to do a home check. And during that home check, they found that this 16-year-old was not fit to be a mother. At which point, they took the baby away. And they saw that the mentor had been the next in line for this baby, for this child to be reared by. So for the the friend to become the parent. And this is where the story kind of takes a turn. The response of this person who had convinced the 16-year-old who otherwise would have had an abortion to have the baby said, oh, I'm not ready to have a child. I don't want a child. I don't want to take the responsibility of this child. And that that frames a very clear and interesting ethical dilemma. Because in my opinion, and Doc and I were chatting about this before and we'll, we'll continue after break, abortion is something that I, I should have very little voice in. I'm a guy. That's all I can do is talk about. But I see this is just being one of these incidences where somebody's pushing their own agenda onto somebody else and then not liking the response. Um, and we'll talk about the ethics of it when we come back from break. Thank you for listening to the Marine and the Hippie Dialogue 26. Is it ethical to have control of others? Hey, this is Dylan with The Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie. Hey, you're listening to Marine and the Hippie, Dialogue 26. I am the Marine. My name is Doc. I am talking to you live and direct from Iowa. I guess it's not live uh, when it's on the podcast, but uh, it's live right now. Before we went to the break, we were hearing a story of a young lady who was convinced by her teacher to carry her pregnancy through to term. And then when the state came in and said that this 16-year-old was predictably not a very good mother or was not able to correctly or or adequately raise a child, the teacher had been named as the next person in line to raise the kid. The the student or whatever we want to call her, that the girl had decided that the teacher would be the person to raise the kid. And when the state informed her that she was going to be raising this kid and having the responsibility for this kid, the teacher complained, oh, I'm not ready for a kid. I don't want to have the responsibility of a kid. Why do I have to raise the kid? You know, this kind of thing, which raises the argument. Let's assume that people that are calling for the end of abortion are also not the same people who are adopting the kids that they are encouraging women to have. They just want the children to be born. They don't feel any sort of responsibility or anything like that for the children which are born. And while Dylan refrained from making a judgment or value judgment of this person, I'll go ahead and and jump right in and make a value judgment of this person. This person is so interested in the life of the unborn child, but not the born child. If they were so concerned about life as it was, they would be concerned about whether or not that child was raised in a loving, caring family. And if she didn't feel that she was ready to have a child, why did she feel that this 16-year-old, who was subsequently deemed unfit, was ready to have a child? And why is it that she is able to convince that person to have a child and not take any responsibility for the decision that person eventually made? My value judgment on that is it's hypocritical. I do remember saying I will not pass a value judgment yet 
Because I agree, I agree with you. Um, I agree that yeah, this is this is one of those times where there's hypocrisy, because in a perfect world we can say, not in a perfect world we can let's just let's just say yeah okay pro life great abortions illegal except for certain very specific examples all right I can buy that do I believe that no but I can buy that but I can only buy buy that if there's no hypocrisy involved. And no hypocrisy would mean that we are going to ensure that the mother and the child are able to have a fulfilling, fruitful life. Meaning the state provides for both until the child is no longer a child. So they're, they're, the state would be providing home, education for the mother to be, to be a, a fit mother and all of these things to make that happen. If not, it's being hypocritical. And I'm going to give a little analogy, a very similar story. I remember sitting in my living room in New York with my family. And it was around the same time. I want to say it was around the same time as the Occupy movement. And I remember my cousin was sitting across from me. And my cousin said, oh, man, yeah, like, it's so wrong. They should be allowed to live in in their wherever they want. And they, they, they should be allowed to 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 live in their tents and and be occupying Wall Street. They, this shouldn't be stopped. And I turned to her and I said, "Ah, so maybe you should put put out on your on your front yard." It says, "Please camp in my yard." She said, "Well, that's not what I mean." And I said, "Well, but that is what you mean because if you're saying that these people aren't should be allowed to do it there, then they should also be allowed to do it." in your home, in your neighborhood. And that's that's where the problem lies. Going back to the professor hat. Now, this goes back to uh, Kant's categorical imperative. And the categorical imperative very simply stated, the, the first part of the categorical imperative says that uh, you should universalize all behavior. And if you choose to live in the world where your behavior is universalized, you could say it's moral. So, for example, if we make the moral statement which is essentially a normative statement, they should be able to live wherever they want or we should never lie or something like that. That's a, Those are normative statements. Think about the world where that maxim or that argument or that law that you're creating there is universalized. They should be able to live wherever you want. Okay, do you want to live in a world where they are actually able to live wherever they want? For example, in your front yard. And if you say no, then your statement is not it cannot be a moral law. You're not making a moral law at that point because you're taking an exception. You're taking a privileged position. They should be able to live wherever they want except for in my front yard. And when you take that privileged position or when you make that exception, you carve that exception out for yourself, then what you're doing is practicing hypocrisy. In other words, you're making a judgment about other people's stuff or other people's lives, but you are privileging yourself to give yourself an exception to that that same rule that you're seeking to apply to other people. I think that that's what we're talking about today, ultimately, is the privileged position of somebody who's willing to judge and force others to do, to do, to do lots of different things, whether it is to, you're not allowed to sleep there, but you're also not allowed to sleep on my front yard. You shouldn't get an abortion. You should have the baby, but I'm not willing to take care of the baby. And this, this goes to, the last topic that we're that we're going to connect it to, which is continuing wearing a mask and also the vaccine and vaccine hesitancy. Is it ethical 
to be to wear a mask and is it ethical to get a vaccine or to not get a vaccine? And I think that, that, that those are the two more questions that we're going to try to answer today and see where this feeling of, of the privileged really kind of sits and, and, and arrives at and how we can maybe change it. We'll get back to this uh, topic about masks and, and uh, privileged position and whether or not it is moral and ethical to control other people here on Dialogue 26, Marina the Hippie, right after the break. Hi, this is Doc, and you're listening to Marina and the Hippie. Hey, you're listening to Marine and the Hippie. This is Dialogue 26. My name is Doc. I am the Marine, and I'm here with Dylan the Hippie. Before the break, we were talking about whether or not it was a privileged position for people to say that you should have to wear a mask or you should have to get vaccinated or basically you should have to carry the burden of public health while I don't. People will take the privileged position of, look, this doesn't happen to me. This doesn't affect me. COVID doesn't affect me. I've already had COVID. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to get vaccinated. I don't have to do anything. Do I want to live in a world where people have the ability to make the choice to get vaccinated against communicable diseases? Uh, If I'm saying that I should have that right, I should have that ability to make that choice, then I have to ask myself, do I want to live in the same world where you have that ability to make the choice? Let's take, for example, polio. Do I want to live in a world where I can choose to not get a polio vaccine because I'm not afraid of polio, but then I'm around people all day who also made a very similar choice and they are potentially spreading polio to me and my family? And the question, you know, it it, it reveals itself to be an immoral choice to not get vaccinated, to not wear a mask, to not do what you can to prevent... a the spread of this disease because you wouldn't want to live in the world where everybody could pass diseases on to you. But people do take that privileged position. They say that, you know, my choices are mine, my body's mine, and I'm willing to accept that risk. Uh, And at that point, you know, you come to whether or not these people are actually just doing wickedness. They know, for example, that spreading communicable diseases is wrong the same way that they would know that killing, you know, whole populations of people would be totally wrong. And yet they still choose to do the thing, even though they know that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. So it, it comes back to the, you know, the, the main question, is it ethical to control others? The answer becomes somewhat clear. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. For the greater good, sometimes there needs to be an umbrella that dictates our actions, meaning you know, that, that, that red and white sign with, you know, we stop at it. That's, that's universal. That's an absolute because it means the same thing no matter what language it, it, it says. And we don't want control. We don't want to be controlled because we want our freedom. But if our freedom is affecting others, then it's not really freedom. It's really just doing harm. It's being wicked. For example, if you're a smoker, and you're smoking around your, your, your baby. You're, you're an adult. You can choose what you want to do. But is it right for you to be allowed or allow yourself to harm your child to smoke in a car without, without rolling down the windows? 
says it on the box. I think the word I'm, I'm kind of hung up on then is the word control. And the reason I'm hung up on this is because is it really control for me to require my population in my country to get a vaccine against a communicable disease? Are we really controlling that? Now, you hear on the internet and uh, among other places and probably on TV to some degree too that oh, well, I am this person, I have these rights, and I have a right to not get vaccinated against this disease. I have the right to remain unvaccinated. And the government stepping in and saying, I have to get vaccine, is just the government being a tyrant. But is that really control? Control, to me, seems to me more like slavery, where if a dude tries to break out from slavery, I can go out, go after him and and chop his foot off or, or kill him with impunity. Control is me telling my kid that they're going to take a shower or eat vegetables when they don't want to. That's not the same thing as me requiring someone to do something that's socially responsible and get vaccinated. And some people make choices based on misinformation or just not being educated on a certain topic. I agree. Control is 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 kind of relative. This isn't the government controlling us. This is the government saying... Hey, as a collective community, as a group of different people, for you guys to hang out and get together and have a good time, we need you all to be vaccinated. And I don't think that that's control. I think that that's just doing your part. Doing your part is being part of a community as opposed to being a living, breathing, unitary, one unit. And that's always where I sort of let where I land on this argument. You're either doing something that helps others or doesn't help others. Getting the vaccine and wearing a mask does nothing but help other people. It helps the invalids. It helps the people who are actually unable to get the vaccine, not die of COVID. And the person arguing will say, well, those people, well, it's okay if they die. It's not, it's not okay if they die if it's preventable. And now we're finding that many of the preventable deaths or the, the people in the hospitals are there because they're not vaccinated. Again, preventable, and it's coming at a high cost. There's something else, you know, putting the professor hat back on again. Uh, In the uh, Federalist Papers, Madison said, if men were angels, we would not need any government. And if basically, if we did the right thing automatically, we wouldn't need laws. And this is the thing about a vaccine mandate. If human beings did the right thing automatically without, like, being dicks about it, like they are currently you know, with the vaccine, we wouldn't need a vaccine mandate. If people just did the socially responsible thing all the time, we wouldn't need the government to step in and say, you guys got to get vac- vaccinated. But the fact is, is that people don't do that. People obviously are choosing to do the socially irresponsible thing and put other people's lives at risk, which is why we see an increasing need for a mandate from the government. The government wouldn't have to do that if people did it themselves. And as an observer... From Turkey, being a bird's eye looking in, there are 8 billion people on the planet. 4 billion of them have the vaccine or have a vaccine, have been vaccinated. The others are in line to get vaccinated. The percentage of people who are not getting vaccinated is very small. It goes back to our echo chamber. Most people believe that the world is an orb. Most people do not believe that the world is flat. But because of technology, the echo chamber, the magnet of idiots being able to kind of connect to each other. It sounds, it seems like, oh yeah, well, my point of view is is everywhere. It's not everywhere. 
there are 4 billion people who have been vaccinated who are happy to have been vaccinated. And there's, there's billions more who want to be. Not millions, billions. Thanks for listening to The Marine and the Hippie. This has been dialogue number 26. Is control ethical? Uh, also, if you want to get more information, of course, as per usual, you can check us out, uh, Marine and Hippie at uh, Twitter and also marineandhippie.com. Uh, uh, check us out, write us there, uh, send us a message, all our socials and everything like that are available on our website. Don't hesitate to let us know what you think about us because, you know, if you really think something good, let us know. If you think something bad, we definitely want to hear that too. And if you want to donate so I can get a better microphone, I'd be all for it. But right now I'm kind of living on a prayer. A prayer and fumes. <laughs> right on. It's Marina the Hippie, Dialogue 26. Until next week, I am Doc. I am Dylan. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Ciao. A ninja broke into a, sp- a, spe- a special forces compound in California and attacked two special forces men cutting them and they ran into an office and called the police ninja two special forces zero yeah 900 billion dollars because two special forces guys who can't beat the shit out of a ninja and have to who have to lock themselves in an office (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah that's that's it you are listening to marine and the hippie (laughs) do it it's done man it's already in my head For more information on The Marine, follow Doc at supernova underscore earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on The Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.